Yeah. Quack, quack. That was loud. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a week or two. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Where do we start? I want to start with something nice because I have a feeling some of the things we're going to delve into aren't so nice. in San Francisco last week, and I got to broadcast inside a radio station for the first time in two years. Nice! It was very nice. I Can we ask what station? Oh, uh, yeah, KCBS in San Francisco. Ooh, wow, yeah, nice. I, I did my, uh, my regular traffic job, only instead of doing it from my basement, I actually did it from inside the big spacious mothership studio. At KCBS, I had my own little booth with all these all these screens, none of which I could see with my particular prescription glasses. And then, <laughs> but I got to, I could see the news anchors. We were just a few feet away, separated by glass, and I got to push all the buttons. And I had that. I don't know if this happens to you guys, but whenever you start a new job somewhere, even though you know how to talk on the radio, the buttons are always different, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like. You yes. always have that anxiety, I'm going to push the wrong button and either broadcast when I'm not supposed to or not broadcast when I am supposed to. And as with all great radio stations everywhere, half the buttons are mislabeled. <laughs> like, oh, that's really that button. So you have to go get a bunch of post-it notes and relabel all the buttons for what you, for what they do. <laughs> but, um, oh, my goodness. But it was super fun. And, and I got to meet face-to-face with all of these people that I've been working with just about every day for the last year and a half but I've only ever texted or spoken on the phone or occasionally Zoomed. And this was the first time I actually met these humans. And they're all just as wonderful as I thought they were. I got to lunch with some people and there was a party for, for this other guy that I went to. And it was really wonderful. It was a great, a great shot in the arm. And even though I'm, I'm sad that I can't be with them in person, I really do love not leaving home. Um, and I certainly can't afford to live in San Francisco. I don't know how people do it, but it was fun. I bet they just loved you. I love it. Yeah, you know, I'm lovable and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you kind of are. Even though you've never been sprayed by a skunk. So, folks, Claire posted something yesterday. I tried to make it into a riddle. In my 50 years, in my 55 years on Earth, there are two things that I've never done. I've never gotten poison ivy, and I've never had a pet sprayed by a skunk. And one of them happened. (laughs) And then I just let people guess. And it was about 50-50, all of them wishing it the other. Oh, poison ivy's horrible. I hope it was a skunk. And because I started the sentence was in my 55 years, there are a few people who thought it was my birthday. So I got some very lovely birthday wishes from a dozen people, including Lori. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. That went fast. (laughs) Well, your went by in three months. But no, it was, uh, so as you know, Sharon, my wife and I live in the house she grew up in, and her sister lives here also. And we have our two dogs and two cats, but she also has a dog and a cat. So we have three of each in the house. And uh, yesterday morning, I was awakened by, oh, oh no, oh, oh no, oh no. And of course, we we get up and come running. What's happened? Is there a serial killer in the house? Is the house on fire? (laughs) And Diane is standing at the back door and Farley's outside and she's like, Farley, Farley got sprayed by a skunk. (laughs) And sure enough, even from outside, the whole kitchen already reeked of skunk <sighs> and she's like thank god it wasn't raining well i'm not gonna let him in he can't come in till we have a plan i'm like oh my god oh my <sighs> and there are a lot of skunks around here and we should have every time i'm at the vet they sell this stuff called skunk off and i always think i should buy a couple of cans of that just so i'm ready and of course never did <laughs> and so we're, oh no but the vet opened at 8 a.m 
And so she made Farley stay. Again, it wasn't raining. He's a big golden retriever. He's got plenty of fur. It wasn't cold. He had food and water. He was. She even went out to visit him. He's perfectly fine outside. <laughs> and she, as soon as the vet opened, we ran up there, got the skunk off, came back, doused him with that, which... I guess it's sort of like in the old days they said to use tomato juice, which I think kind of half works and is kind of half a myth. But really all it does is sort of neutralize the cosmetic smell of it. It doesn't really do anything to get the the oil off, which is really what the smell is. And it's all all the way down to the skin. And what you don't want to do, which I learned, is get them wet. Because every time they get wet, you can the smell just like recharges. So she got the skunk off on him to kind of neutralize it and then called around to groomers until she the first one that she could find and got him to the groomer. He was there all day, oh. came back all fluffy and clean, but if you get really close to him, he still smells pretty skunky. Oh. It's, it's going to take a few days, I think, for that to, to wear off. But the house, that was the amazing thing, was how... Uh, he. Ne- unbelievable how much the house smelled we lit candles everywhere and then it just smelled like a skunk came for christmas Um, (laughs) and you can't open the windows because it's outside although there was some point at which it wasn't smelling outside anymore and it only smelled inside and it took all day but then i would say by the end of the night last night everything was was pretty much back to normal but i was i have always thought i smelled skunk before but i was wrong every time now i know what it really smells like and boy is that nasty i i think i've smelled skunk before I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's awful. awful. It's just awful. Yeah. It's quite a defense mm. mechanism. I just I just have this picture of God up there, you know, like, okay, I'm going to make one that shoots little spiny quills at you, and then I'm going to make one that emits <laughs> a horrible smell, and I'm going to give some of them claws and teeth, and I'm just going to make some of them just blend in. Like, what, what made God go, I think that animal should emit a smell, you know? <laughs> it's effective though I'm pretty oh, sure that dog goodness. is never going to go near a skunk again <laughs> she said the groomer was like did you go play with the little black and white kitty <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one so that was my adventure for the week Lori wow. you have a post that you need to explain because I yeah, never do. I don't even know the, <laughs> the backstory on that one Well, every November, I encourage people to do a gratitude post every day. And so um, I was listening to a podcast of one of my favorite people. You've heard me talk about Dr. Caroline Leaf. She was the interviewer, but her and the guy she was interviewing had both had a recent brush with death. Uh, He was hit by a car and she was sick, but she eats really healthy. And so she wanted to go to the hospital, but she finally did. And they said if she wouldn't, if she would have waited a few more hours, she would have died. Whatever it was, she didn't go into it because she was the interviewer but it's like oh my gosh she does such good work and I love her and I follow her and I have a picture of myself with her that pops up once a year and I'm like what if she would have died and it just made me really think about our mortality yeah oh yeah oh I see I I took that post the wrong way then so I thought you knew a mentor that got attacked you're a mentor too so I'm thinking she found out someone got attacked and she needs to watch her back as well because people are on the attack for mentors. I got that totally <laughs> wrong. He got hit by a car and she got some kind of illness. And they were just saying how, you know, you take life for granted until you almost die. And then you're like, what the yeah, heck? Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because her Caroline Leaf is the mind can change the brain, right? Yes. I'm curious if she has somewhat of that um, approach toward health as well. 
You know, I mean, does she does she acknowledge that that what happened to her was not an illness born of 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 being tired or being stressed, but an actual virus or illness that hit her? You know, and she said she didn't want to go to medical care. But was that a result of, you know, thinking that perhaps um, there were ways she could self-treat or if she just really didn't realize how serious it was? That's a good point. And I think that a little of both. And I think she just didn't you know, she felt tired, but she just thought. Oh, it's no big deal. I'll be fine. Like we do when we're busy and we don't have time. Mm-hmm. And so her husband was like, come on, you know. And so finally she she did go. So, But she did leave the hospital early once they figured out what it was because she does a lot of home remedies. She's very, you know, eats very raw and clean. And so once she knew what it was, then she was able to finish at home. And when she did go back for her checkup, they were blown away. They're like, we've never seen anybody kick this. This whatever it was, uh, this quick. There's not even a sign of it. Wow, because she is, you know, really healthy. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. But she said, you know, just she she's because she's healthy and she exercises and you know and believes that her mind can change her brain. She just never occurred to her that she could die. You know, just kind of by accident. Right. So, well, we yeah. you know we are just machines, so, and sometimes stuff gets in the machine, and you got to clean it out. True. Hmm. Yes. I mean, what we all remember Yule Gibbons, or maybe I'm the only one. I do. You yeah. know, ever eat a pine tree? And he, he died. He, I think he got hit by a car or something. But here he's all about eating healthy and eating trees. And then he died like in his early 30s or even 20s. Gosh. Yeah. So can't take life for granted. That's for sure. No, no, definitely not. There's, there's too much outside our control, but there's a lot in our control mm-hmm. too. And as long as you do your best with that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another reason I like staying in my house all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I misinterpreted your post, I was like, that's why I was thinking, well, maybe that's a good uh, transition to what we found out on the news about Pelosi's husband. Oh. Uh, Oh, Because maybe that's why it was on the brain. Like, I misinterpreted it because I'm like, well, everybody's being attacked. Everyone's attacking somebody. Something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that is the craziest story. So this guy, so Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, her husband's like, I don't know, 80 something. And he, I don't know, he had a, a run in with the law a couple months ago. He got a DUI up in Napa. And so he's, you know, sort of already been kind of in the news. But a couple of weeks ago, somebody broke into their house and attacked him with a hammer. And the man was saying, you know, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? He he wanted to attack Nancy and she wasn't there. So he attacked Paul instead. They had a scuffle, all that kind of stuff. Man's arrested. Uh, Paul Pelosi's out of the hospital now. He had to have, you know, skull surgery and all this stuff. And he's, you know, on the mend as much as you can be on the mend in your 80s when you get attacked by a hammer. But, um, you know, the guy was... Word is that, you know, he, he attacked him because, I don't know, it just seems like it's open season on when when certain pundits or, or people who fancy themselves journalists feed you enough information to tell you something bad and then you get it to somebody who's already not particularly stable, you know, this just like willful attack on people because of their ideology, this violence is, is, is just horrible. But on top of that... There is a certain segment of the media, including Donald Trump Jr., 
who are perpetuating this rumor that the whole thing is really a cover-up because this was Paul Pelosi's homosexual lover who was upset at him and broke into the house to hit him with a hammer, and the left-wing media is making up the whole Nancy Pelosi thing to help Paul out with his gay thing. And it's like, I don't know where to start with that. Like, how is it, 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 the cruelty and just uh, meanness and idiocy of people making up these stories? Or is Mm. it the complete sheep idiocy of people who believe it and perpetuate it? And it's like, I just, I can't even with these people, you know? How do we, how are we as a society allowing people, famous people with famous names, to say this stuff and let people that we know, whether it's QAnon or whatever you want to call them, they're, they are cousins, they are friends, they are aunts and uncles, they are neighbors. There's enough of them out there that everybody knows somebody. How do you let them get away with this? And more importantly, if they really truly believe it, how do you turn them around? How do you get somebody to understand, no, they made this up and believe you and not think that you made it up? Maybe I did make it up. Maybe it really was his. Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) You know, like (sighs) it's got me to that point where I'm thinking, wow, maybe I am drinking the left wing media cool. You know, I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. baffling to me that this is where we are as a country. Well, it all yeah. goes in it's, line it's crazy with the making. Alex Jones, Sandy Hook thing. I mean, did they not mm-hmm. learn that if you're going to make things up like that, you're going to get sued at some point? No, they didn't learn it. And you know why? Because they're not watching that channel. They're watching the channel that says poor Alex Jones was railroaded by the conspiracy left wing, blah, blah, blah. Name the thing that you want to thing. Alex Jones is a victim of all of this. That's the information they're getting. So no, Anna, they didn't learn it because they don't know how to read and think for themselves. They just drink whatever, whoever those people are, says. Isn't that crazy? Very. I, it, uh. Yeah, it's it's baffling. You're, I mean, it's baffling is almost too too like almost comical of a word. It's so ridiculous. What? What's the answer? I mean, I know you'd get a billion dollars if you had the answer, but. I mean, do you guys know what it is? What Do you have thoughts on how it could be fixed? I mean, is it one, do you have to just do this locally, one person at a time? Is there something that national media is missing? I think it's going to take time. Um, because eventually people come to the truth. And it could be a couple of months. It could be a couple of years. It could be a couple of decades. You know, when... January 6th was happening, some people were like, what are you calling it an insurrection? Now, what's happening today, people, some people came forward, some people getting caught, some people are in prison now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And this happened, what, almost two years ago now. And it's taken this long for people to prove that truth. And then people having to face consequences and us watching. I don't know if anything can be done right now, but I'm hoping that, you know, same thing happens. Just eventually we get to that truth. People see it and people see the consequences. So that's the only answer I can come up with is time. I feel like there is a a lack of leadership 
on the oh, yeah. the right side of the spectrum. I, I feel like there is no one in the, I'm going to say Republican because that's just what it is. That's where they're all falling on that side. I feel like there's no one real true Republican with any spine standing up to any of this. And if they do, it's it takes a long time. You have to prove to them or say it right. out loud or, well, even if you say it out loud, they may not believe you. So they have to get that all the evidence before they're like, oh, you were right two years ago. <laughs> yeah. But, that, but why yeah. should the burden of proof beyond the truth? Right. <laughs> you know? it's, it's bad. It's gotten bad. That's why um, a month ago we were all t- when we were all talking about there is an evil... I, I know I'm the one who says the, the word evil, and that, that's why it's so great that the three of us are different in this way. We we have a different term for what these things are called, and for my Catholic upbringing, I'm going to say evil, but, and it may ring with some of you, it may not, whatever. You know, I think there is an evil to knowing what you're doing in the position that you are, as influential as you are, the things that you say, people will believe you, and the reactions are are incredible. Yeah, I feel like people get put in leadership positions without any kind of leadership training. I mean, Steve Jobs got fired from his own company because he was a terrible leader. He wasn't nice to people, and he had to go away and learn how to be a good leader. And then he came back and, you know, made things happen for Apple. But I think, you know, a lot of times, I mean, I, I train people to be coaches, and I'm like, you guys are leaders now. So you have to be thinking about what you're saying and how you're presenting and I just don't, sometimes I think people are put in positions of leadership and they're never taught any kind of leadership skills, you know, that they think they can just say whatever. They don't even have to think about what they say. They just make stuff up. Yeah. I wonder, though, there does seem to be this, um, people seem to be drawn to people who have no experience and just make stuff up. They feel like there is a, an, whatever you want to call it, the establishment or the swamp or the you know, career politician or whatever, that that is what they don't trust. And they want people with no experience who just shoot from the hip and say what's on their mind. Yeah, they feel, you know, it feels like they think they'll be less jaded or whatever. But I also know the whole thing of the masses, the Pied Piper, you know, if somebody stands up and makes a statement and people just choose to believe it randomly, they can get, you know, everybody starts following them and going with it. And it's not even true. And, you know, we've seen all these hate things on um you know, Facebook where trolls jump in and then people jump on with the troll and, you know, they, they, you know, hurt celebrities feelings. And, you know, it's just, it's, it just is so sad to me that somebody feels like that's how they have to make it in the world by creating this kind of chaos. Right. Right. So this is like really mild, but I did a post uh, today, I've been doing gratitude every day. Yeah. And what, today mine was, um, I'm so grateful to get to work at Warm 106.9. And everyone's like, oh, we love you. We love the station. We love Christmas music, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> When's it going to start? And then someone goes, yeah, I guess bragging is good too. Oh my gosh. Like, hmm. Someone you knew? No, I, I don't. Well, I don't know everyone on my Facebook page mm-hmm. because I do a lot of marketing. Right. And so you try to grow your audience. So right. I don't know them personally. In the past, I probably would have just deleted that. I just left it, and I was just like, wow, I wonder wonder what that's about or what kind of person says those kind of things. Or maybe she was meaning it in a funny way, and I'm taking it snarky. But you know what I mean? It's like, you know, do, do people think about what they say? Or 
you know, if you know me, you know I'm not bragging. I'm just grateful. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that, on the other hand, I do believe the word grateful was actually in the post. <laughs> yeah. But to think about that, if that's how some people see it, there's going to be a lot of people that have these sick mindsets. Maybe they were raised a certain way. Or when you think about, for instance, people that are raised white supremacists, and then maybe they get out in the real world. Well, they don't know. They don't know that they were raised white supremacists. They, they think that's the way the world is. We saw this in a recovery situation where somebody was in a group and they kind of liked this person. And then they found out this person was actually part African-American, even though they looked white. They came undone and the leader had to take them aside. And the person, you know, they got to the bottom of, well, it's where I was raised. And he wasn't told he was a white supremacist, but he was raised with that mentality. Fortunately, the leader was on the ball and did damage control. But when people are raised with a way of thinking and never challenge it, they don't know any different. And they don't know to question what their thoughts are. And that's scary. Yeah. You know, it's almost like if you come from, you know, we all heard about the culture where they mutilate women for, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Sexually mutilate women. Yeah. It's the culture. So then those women end up, they escape or they get to America and it's not a thing. They don't even know what to do. Or they try to, if they think it's a thing, they try to continue it with their family here Yes. when it's... So I think a lot of it has to do also with how you're brought up and, and what we're teaching kids. And when you become an adult, you've got to start questioning your thoughts. You've got to ask the hard questions. And I don't think that comes natural. But if we learn, if we're in continual growth and we're learning and growing, then maybe we'll catch it. We'll start to go, oh, wait, that's not cool. And it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword that we have so many resources, right? Like it used to be, or at least, you know, for some people, you'd, you'd leave home either to go to college or to seek your fortune in the world or whatever you would do. And you would come across other people with different views and other sources of information. Right. And now, exactly. you know, well, lo and behold, we have the ultimate source of information right in our house so we don't have to leave it. But at the same time, it's mm -hmm. filled with so much misinformation and without a guiding hand to help you understand how to, you know, fact check. That's really yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. So maybe when you say that, it's like, because we can look at something and go, huh, that, they're that, I'm not looking at that, I'm not reading that article, you know, we can, we can have that judgment. So maybe this too much information is what's actually hurting us. I agree. I mean, I like a lot of information, but sometimes it's like you're, you're getting the information and you're not. You can go to Google, mm -hmm. you could Bing something and get all the information in the world. But you really can't get, you know, some of the real information about someone unless you actually meet them. If you're like maybe sitting sitting down with them and chatting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or you hear half the story. You know, we have um, one of the tools at our disposal for work where I work as a traffic reporter is scanners, good old fashioned police scanners. And you, where you, you know, have two or three of them going and you hear little snippets of information. And when you hear something that sounds like it's going to be relevant to a traffic report, then you can hit the button and you can get more information. And some of this is also written out in front of us too. There's kind of a relationship between the um, written computer aided dispatch and then the actual scanner that you hear. But to the untrained here, you'll hear Gunshots reported. Well, almost 
most of the time gunshots reported is not gunshots reported. It's some other noise that sounds like a gunshot. And if you hang in there for three or four more seconds, you'll find out what it really was. But to the untrained ear, you get on Twitter and you say gunshots reported. And Hmm. magnify that by how many people are sitting around listening to scanners and other things and getting half the story or part of the story and turning it into fact just by the fact that they tweeted it or, or put it out on social media in some other way. Um, it's hard. I, I don't, I hate, I don't want to sit in judgment of people who don't understand the difference because they've never had an opportunity to understand the difference, but it's hard not mm-hmm. to sit in judgment. <laughs> I, I have to restrain myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was such a good analogy, too. A lot of you guys. Are, that really was. If, if any of you have, uh, that are listening have ever been a traffic reporter, this should, this should really, <laughs> your ears should have perked up because it's like, it's so yeah. true. You hear certain things. Then you send somebody out. You know, you could have somebody in the helicopter. That was my job. Or, and I used to also like be in a car with a two-way and to give them yes. the real information. So, yeah, it might have been gunshots, but someone in the backyard was shooting at cans or something, something like right. that. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, that was I or made a backfire that analogy, but yeah, <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, well, even you know when we were traffic reporters in that tiny little room, and you'd hear something, everyone was like, "What was that? Did they say Mike? Remember when Michael Jackson died?" Yeah. Do you remember you were there that day, weren't you? You know, and it's like, wait, what? Did they say that? You know, and it's like, do you go live? Do you wait? Do you find out more? You know, yeah, yeah. I remember that day because it was TMZ that broke it, and that was kind of in the day where, at first, TMZ didn't get stuff wrong. <laughs> like they always <laughs> now they just kind of fly off the handle and say whatever they want, and then they just kind of go, "Well, we went this." Apologize, <laughs> but, apologize but later. At that point, like if TMZ had it, it was oh boy, that that probably really happened. But I remember the same thing, not wanting to go on air with it until we had a couple of different sources. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to be the, I didn't want to yeah. break that story and get it wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 That's been happening a lot. We've had a <laughs> bunch of celebrities die and then not die. Who was it last week? Was it? Oh, Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, and he didn't, he didn't die. He did, but like three days after they said oh. he did. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, there was someone else, mm. Tony Dow, I think, from the Leave It to Beaver was another one. Um, you know, I mean, usually it's people who they're in a situation where they're most likely going to pass away. But, you know, it's not right to just write them off as dead when they're not. I mean, come on. You know what drives me nuts? is like when you're looking at some site and then they have those ads and they have a picture of a celebrity and say... Oh no, Jennifer Aniston, so tragic. And you're thinking, oh my God, what happened to Jennifer Aniston? And it's nothing, something about. It's like a weight loss supplement. (laughs) (laughs) That drives me batty. I know. The pictures are great, though. They always always find like the best, worst possible picture of somebody. Like, where did they get that picture? You know? Right. (laughs) Find out why the cast of Friends really hated Jennifer Aniston. She's <laughs> right. so sad in that picture. I better click on it and find out. Right. And then they make you go through pages and pages of their entire life story before you really get down to the nitty gritty. Right. But in a bunch of their uh-huh. ads. Uh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So maybe maybe the key is learning to decipher what news is real and what news is not. Right. Yeah. And boy, if I had the magic pill for that, I'd be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. True that. 
<laughs> well, oh. you guys want to talk about Kanye and hot yeah, water? We got Shucker. it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So if you guys don't know, last week Kanye West issued a tweet that was so blatantly anti-Semitic that uh, Twitter took it down shortly after it was tweeted. What did he tweet? Uh, he said, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going death con three on Jewish people. And he meant DEFCON, uh, DEFCON 3, the U.S. military's highest state of alert. Since this, and then there was, there had been a rise, a sharp rise in anti-Semitism cases in the U.S. And uh, yesterday alone, the FBI warned of threats to New Jersey synagogues because it received credible information about a broad threat to synagogues in the state of New Jersey. So mm-hmm. even before yesterday, there have been a lot of things happening since his his tweet. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I think he's been let go by any company that he represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've all distanced themselves from him. And I want to come back to Kanye because we talk about him a lot and I want to come back to that. But to add to that, mm-hmm. uh, you have a basketball player named Kyrie Irving Kyrie who Irving. plays for the, the Brooklyn Nets, who, which used to be the New Jersey Nets. He already had some issues a couple of years ago because he refused to get vaccinated. And so he couldn't play and he couldn't go to Toronto to play when they play because Canada has such strong uh, vaccination rules. So he was already kind of in, I wouldn't call it hot water because it's, you know, sports. So they still let you play for good. He was in, I would call, very, very warm water with the organization over that. Well, he went ahead and uh, tweeted out um, a link to a, a film that is has a lot of anti-Semitic, um, you've been using the word tropes, but a lot of things about how the Holocaust was made up and how the slave trade was actually perpetuated by Jews who actually went to Africa and started the slave trade and only traded them to Jewish companies in America. Like the British had nothing to do with it. It was all Jews. Hold on one second. This conversation is too heavy for Sadie. She's going upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, all, all of this kind of stuff. And he got all kinds of, you know, I don't know what his relationship with was, was with Kanye. I don't know if this is something they hadn't, if it was a complete coincidence or something, whatever it was. But it was just another one of those Jews control the world things. And then he took it down and did one of those apologies where it's like, not I'm sorry for what I posted and I didn't understand, but I'm sorry you were offended. One of those. Yeah. And the team suspended him for five games without pay. And the team put out a huge statement to anti-Semitism. And they trotted him out for a press conference to let reporters ask him point blank if he was anti-Semitic. And he never answered the question. Uh. He just kept talking about how he understands why people get offended about things and kind of that nature, right? Never actually apologizing or talking about whether or not he's anti-Semitic. And so they kind of doubled down on their suspension of him. And that, I don't know if that was coincidental to the synagogue uptick threat or if it was or what that was about um and my thing with kanye and you you guys we've talked about this before Uh, up until this week i've always defended kanye like he's bipolar he clearly needs help nobody's really helping him everybody's glomming on for for his money kim kardashian tried to help him and boy did she get in dire straits for that anybody else who's tried to help him he's either fired or let go of and no one could get this guy any help. But you got to draw the line somewhere. And no matter how bipolar you are, that is not an excuse 
to be anti-Semitic or anything else of that ilk, right? right. You don't, by, you know, mental, that does not make you racist or homophobic or any of the other things, right? Uh-huh. It just makes you a dick. <laughs> um, and so even I'm done with Kanye now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unexcusable. Do you think he can come back from it? <sighs> <sighs> You know, sadly, because he is that powerful, I don't know. I I, ho- I actually hope he doesn't. I hate to say that, but I hope he doesn't. Um, or he gets gets an attitude change and help. If he can, that would be great. You know, um, what if he? And this mm-hmm. is a bad analogy, but it's the only one I've got. What if, like Michael Vick, he? who was a football player who um, was in a dogfighting ring and lost everything, you know, jail time, his job, his reputation, all that that kind of stuff. But that was the way he grew up, but that dogfighting was just a thing. Became educated and then became an advocate for animal rights, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. he barely gets noticed for that, but he really does do it. It wasn't just community service. He, he, He walks the walk and talks the talk now. If Kanye did a version of that that was sincere, could he come back? Because he's... He's a talent, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. I I would say that would be the that would be the only thing that would uh, make me feel like back on his side because I I thought the same thing with Kyrie Irving is if you want to redeem yourself or just do the right thing and turn your message around. You need to step in with the Jewish community. There was there was a rabbi last night in an interview inviting him to the next time he comes to L.A., he said, you come to our community and we want to get to know each other. If both Kanye and Kyrie really did the work, and I'm not just talking for a couple of weeks, like have their lives be part of the Jewish community, then I, I would be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can turn it into a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's something about breaking bread with people to get to know them in that way. Yeah. Humanizing, you know. Humanizing. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's interesting in, in my life, at, both as a, as a Jew and as a gay person, how many people I feel like I have educated just by being myself, like not doing anything other than just existing and then suddenly months or even years later, people going, oh my God, you're gay, I never knew, or you're Jewish, I never knew, or, or whatever it was, right? And I'm just like a regular person like you that like, you know, walks my dog and pays my taxes and blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of people who are just sheltered and have never experienced that. They've only ever heard about the, the negative, you know? Um, yeah. and, and I think you're right. I think there's something about breaking bread and getting together and spending time that, that can educate you to see that these are just you know, people are just people no matter who they are. And we're all guilty of it. We all have somebody that we don't understand or, or don't know much about and, and maybe have a fear of. It's just that, you know, these are public figures that are playing it on a grand scale and with so much influence over other people. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mm-hmm. even, honestly, this is, as crazy as this sounds, I think Kyrie Irving and Kanye's perpetuation of these Jewish myths is more forgivable than Donald Trump Jr.'s perpetuation of conspiracy theories about Paul Pelosi's gay lover hitting him with a hammer. 
because Donald Trump clearly knows that he's making crap up in order to get people's attention and and love. Whereas Kanye and Kyrie might actually believe the things that they're perpetuating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you guys agree yeah. with that or am I just smoking crack? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's really, really a good point. The intention behind it. And I hope we have some lawyers listening right now because I, I hope you're gathering everything you can about what he's saying. <laughs> you get them. Even if it takes a couple of years, like everything else. Oh, mm-hmm. speaking of lawyers, I saw a really interesting thing last night. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, and I haven't... Today, I've completely checked out in the news today. Like, I have no idea what's going on in the world right now as the three of us are speaking. But as of yesterday, that's why I just got a text. Um, as of yesterday, you know, Elon Musk bought Twitter and he was like, oh, reduction in force, whatever. And yesterday he announced that he was going to cut staff by 50% and everybody at Twitter was going to get an email by 9 o'clock this morning telling them whether or not they had a job. Well, we're talking about thousands and thousands of people. Gosh. So... This Twitter thread started last night from an attorney. Some I'd never heard of her, but apparently she's a world-famous attorney. And it was just this massive blog thread on Twitter talking about how that's illegal and how companies can't, you have to provide 60 days notice if you're going to do a mass layoff and all, blah, 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 and all of the financial penalties. And she just went on and on in this thread. Here's who you call. Here's who you contact. Here's what you do. And Twitter didn't take it down. (laughs) This thing just went on and on about how, and it's going to, you know, cost him millions of dollars. And is he really saving any money in the long run? Why does he just keep, oh, it was, it was really fascinating. So I'm curious to see like how that plays out, you know, like if they really do, if he really does fire 50% of the people and those thousands of people really go, they get back pay, they get like, oh my God, they would get so much money. He, surely he had to know that. I mean, he's got to have his own team of lawyers that tell him that stuff or is he just too dumb to know you know i don't know hey do you know the twitter handle of which that tweet came from so that people can uh you know get that information lisa something laura something or do we do a search bar (laughs) hang on i could probably find it so hang on a second so this would have been what time is it 250 so last night, I wish I could remember her name. Laura Bloom, Lisa Bloom, Judy Bloom, Judy Bloom, <laughs> Simpson, Lisa Lisa in the Cold Jam, Lisa Lisa in the Cold Jam, Lisa Loeb. Lisa Loeb. That's the name I haven't heard how, since 1995. How many, how many hours ago was 9 p.m.? <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh, 9 p.m.? Wasn't it like uh, six hours? Not 9 Almost. p.m. Oh, 9 p.m. No, 9 p.m. Yeah. So that's uh, what, 18 hours? Six, 18 hours. Yeah. Wait. Matt Benning, John, well, here we go, here we go. John McVeigh, Crazy Mercedes-Benz guy. There's <laughs> some Elon Musk. Movie Night 2.5, text relief to 595959 at T-Mobile because they'll donate $5 to Team Rubicon and Hurricane Relief. Got to throw that in. <laughs> wow, I'm getting a whole review of my night last night. Not things that I tweeted, but things that I saw go by. Wow, maybe the irony is maybe it was taken down by now. Oh. After all that, maybe, maybe oh, yeah. took it down. You didn't take a screenshot of it, did you? Ooh, Twitter layoffs. Hey, the... There's a handle called Twitter layoffs, and maybe that might. You could try that. Mm. 
Oh, look, Lisa Bloom. Twitter employees do not sign anything. So it's at Lisa Bloom. Uh, Do not sign anything when you're laid off. Consult with an attorney first. Buried in the fine print may be a waiver of your rights under California and federal law. Those rights are important and valuable. Hashtag Twitter layoffs. Yep. California's WARN law requires Twitter to give you 60 days notice of a massive layoff. A layoff of 50-plus employees within a 30-day period qualifies. I know you didn't get that notice. So it was Lisa Bloom. Yay yes. I had the right name. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll find this all on the hashtag Twitter layoffs, and you could see a couple of her tweets about that within the last seven hours. Six yeah. hours, six, seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. My, my the initial tweet went out at seven thirty seven p.m. and has uh, thirty six thousand retweets. But it, the ones in the last seven hours are probably even better. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo! Woohoo! Anyway. Saving so, the yeah. world. Saving the world, one tweet at a time. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> at that note, I got to go to work. All right. Oh, well, you guys, I missed you guys. So good to catch up. Where can we find you guys on the socials? Now that we're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter <laughs> at Claire Beverly, C L A I R E B E V E R L Y. And I'm Coach Lori on Facebook, L A U R I E. And I'm on Twitter, I'm Anna D. This is Listen and Learn or Nah.